Before we get started, I wanted to let you know about our monthly membership called the High Risers Club. Building upon the foundation of our program, Commercial Real Estate for Residential Realtors, the High Risers Club is designed to help members gain a more expansive knowledge of and confidence around the most important aspects of commercial real estate. Each month, we'll take a deep dive into one specific commercial real estate topic, and you can join me and my team live every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time to learn and answer your questions. To sign up, click the link in the show notes or go to coachjeffwright.com slash the High Risers Club. Hi, this is Coach Jeff Wright. And in my podcast, Commercial Real Estate for Residential Realtors, we will take a deep dive with industry experts into different aspects of commercial real estate. My ultimate goal is to give you the knowledge, confidence, and belief that you can transact commercial real estate at a high level, just like you do with residential real estate. Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate for Residential Realtors podcast. I'm your guest host, Jeffrey Wright II, and this is another edition of our Ask Coach Jeff series. Coach Jeff, let's talk about the initial buyer conversation. As we've talked about in our previous edition of this series, we were talking about similarities and differences between commercial real estate and residential real estate. And my assumption would be that your initial conversation with a buyer is gonna be very similar to what you're doing with a residential buyer. But why don't you just take us through the start of that? Yeah, so very correct. I mean, it's exactly what you said. It should be, in my opinion, very, very similar. And it all revolves around, you know, that first kind of question, like, how can I be of help to you? How can I make this a great transaction? Why am I here? What you're trying to do is you're trying to make sure that you very quickly align with what their needs are, what they're trying to accomplish. So whether it's residential or commercial, that first initial conversation is to really get them to talk and to really share with you just what's going on. Just why are you here? What, what can you do to be of assistance to them? Great. How deeply are you probing right away in terms of of how you can help them I'm, I'm sure there's slight differences between say a new a new buyer for commercial real estate and someone who has experience in it but what might be some of those those first initial questions are you re- literally just jumping in with why am i here or are you trying to to kind of be a little smoother with the the line of question yeah, yeah. You made a couple points. I think it's different if it's somebody that's your first meeting that you don't have any relationship with or never done any business with. I think that's different. If you have an indication from them that this is the first time that they're purchasing commercial real estate, the things that I would do in that situation are different. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But I am really trying to find out like just immediately, just what, you know, how can I help them? And depending on the level of where the conversation goes, will determine where I go next in my conversation. I mean, I ultimately, I want to know, like, if they're looking to purchase real estate, 
I want to know the same things we'd want to know residentially. So I'd want to know, talk to me about a price range. Talk to me about a property type. Residential, we may say I'm looking for a four bedroom. Commercial, we may say I'm looking for a multi-tenant building. But tell me what you're looking for. Just like in residential, I'd ask him, is, is there a location? Is there a neighborhood? Is there an area? Commercial, I'd be more focused. I'd still ask that. Is there a location? With a commercial, a lot of times, there's a longer distance someone would go. So, But in that first initial conversation, it's all about me asking some questions and listening and getting them to talk through and ultimately, what I want to know from him, which I would want to know residentially or commercially, is what will make this a great transaction for them. Like, what does that look like for them to feel like I've been able to find exactly what they're looking for? We've been able to deliver that. Mm -hmm. And for the purposes of this episode of the podcast, I think it's going to be beneficial for the audience to presume as we go through that the person you're meeting with has never done this before with commercial real estate. Because a lot of times uh, these residential agents are going to get that opportunity for commercial transaction with someone who's a residential client and it is their first foray into that. And I think it, it'll be a value to everybody to hear those types of, of questions that you are going to ask and the, and the types of of education you're going to provide for that buyer who's who's doing this for the first time. And and speaking of that, we know we're going to get some of that basic information. We're going to understand what they're looking to do. But we also know that that the biggest differences between the commercial transaction and the residential transaction is just the finances, all the money pieces there. So how are you looking at having that part of the conversation. So we've we've got a, a little bit of information has been provided to us. We don't want to delve too far into everything else until we know that they understand right. the ramifications financially. So how do you how do you make that segue? I assume sometimes it's going to be natural and sometimes it might not be so so natural in the flow of conversation, but how are you looking to educate them? What are you trying to figure out in that part of the conversation? Yeah. So I'm going to start by saying that one of the things I'm doing the initial conversation with them is asking permission to be able to ask them some questions. And I'm giving them permission to ask me anything they want because mm -hmm. I really want them. Yeah. And so just how it is, what does that even look like? That, that script or that dialogue look like right off the bat? Yeah, so right off the bat, I, I'm literally asking them as I walk in. I mean, just as I walk in, I'm thanking them for having me even come to visit with them. I'm asking them, and I've already asked them when they've called, I'm asking them to plan for a half hour, 45 minutes, and I'm just going to ask them. So I just want to make sure I'm saying thank you for having me here. Just want to make sure we still have 30 or 45 minutes that still work for you. And then I just say to them, as we go through the conversation, because I want to learn like what's really important to you, I want to learn just what an ideal transaction will look like, I want you to feel totally comfortable to ask me any questions about anything at all in the process. Um, and then I said, and in return, if it's okay with you, with your permission, 
I want to be able to ask you some questions in order for me to fully understand or do the best job I possibly can. So I never have someone say that I, that they, I can't ask the questions, but it sets the stage. Most of all, I'm trying to keep them in what I call an okay state. Like with residential, I do the exact same thing. I want someone to feel okay. I want somebody to feel, start to build trust in me. And part of making someone feel okay is giving permission to ask any questions they want. So, so that's how I started. And then you had said about numbers. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the, between similarities and differences, major differences have to do with numbers. And I will say that financing, as we've talked about before, is really different in how it's done with residential and commercial. So I want to understand from a financing standpoint, are they familiar at all with what we're going to be doing in the commercial space? I don't want to make them not feel okay. I want to make sure they're okay. So I'm going to start the question literally by assuming, I'm going to say with this transaction, are you planning on paying cash or financing? Just never assuming that someone doesn't have that ability. Sometimes gets a chuckle because somebody will say, oh, I wish I had that cash to be able to do that. But I want to make sure very early on that they understand how the financing part works because in residential, all of our audience would know that we're going to get a pre-approval from somebody probably before we ever go, or in my mind, before we should ever go and take them to see a property, we're going to make sure they're pre-approved. Commercial doesn't have a pre-approval. So we need to be able to ask some questions to be comfortable that they're educated, they can do what is going to be required of them. So on the financing part, most of the properties they're going to look at are going to require 25% down. So I want to make sure that they, if they say they're not going to pay cash, they're going to finance, then I'm going to say, if I haven't already asked, have you purchased before? Have you been through? And I know you said this is a new buyer, mm-hmm. but I just said, I'm going to just make sure you haven't been through this before. And then I'm going to say, can I walk you through how it will work? You know, and I'm getting their permission. It's always a yes. And it's a very casual way. But it's the first thing to know is that almost anything we're going to look at is going to require 25% down. So if you just said to me, you're looking at something for a million dollars. So we're going to have to have $250,000 down. And I'm asking, is that okay? Is that okay with you? Yeah. 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 So the second thing that I want to educate them, and I think it's so important for our audience to understand this. I call it, if you have the heart of a teacher or coach, that you want to just make sure they know how things work so that they can figure out if this is something that makes sense for them. So the second thing I want to tell them is not only is the financing down payment different, but what we, we have what are called third-party costs. And I want to make sure they know that during the process, they're going to be asked to write a check, could be for $7,500, to pay for an appraisal, pay for an environmental report. So again, I'm just talking through to make sure they're really familiar in this initial meeting to be able to set the stage for them to have the confidence they can do this or not. And then the last thing I tell them is the pure closing cost of closing. 
an attorney will cost more because the time what the bank wants will cost more. So I, when we talk about the numbers being different, the, that part of the numbers is very different when it comes to the commercial and dealing with the buyer. Mm -hmm. Just as a, as a backtrack a little bit to the, the financing part of it, are you also going over in that conversation? Yes, you're, you talked about the, it's going to be 25% down, which can be a very sizable chunk of money. Are you also talking about how just the payback and the amortization of those of that loan is vastly different than it is in, in residential as well? Yeah, so 100%, and that's really a great point. So again, I ask, you know, either if I've represented by some residentially, I know, but I ask if I haven't been, I asked, have you purchased residentially? Most answer, if somebody's buying commercial, a lot of people, the answer will be yes. And I said, well, you're familiar with it, our amortization, you're paying off your loan and typically in a 30-year amortization, and your rate doesn't change if you got a fixed mortgage. Then I tell them in the commercial world, typically that rate is locked in for five years, and then it resets based on a set formula that is in your loan documents. It's not arbitrary. It, it will tie to some index, and that, and it, when it does, that payment could go up or down. And at the same time, I tell them there's some other rules that in turn, depend on the type of property that we have to follow from a financing standpoint. But we'll, we'll talk about those as we go deeper into the financing. But I absolutely make sure they understand because it is a real, for a residential agents never done this. I remember the first time I was teaching a class and one of our top residential agents said, well, wait a minute, put my hand up. You're telling me that five years down the road, I've already got that property the rate could totally reset and it could go up by $5,000 a month or it could go down by, it's a hundred percent. It's a, in the commercial space, it's five years. So I want to make sure those important things they understand right up front as we go through the process. Great. Great. Now, obviously the, the biggest point of the meeting is to see how you can help them, what they're looking to purchase. You've explained these things. So, Let's take a look at, at our four major categories of commercial real estate. We have retail, we have office, we have industrial, and then apartments or multifamily dwellings, however you want to look at that and delve into some of the, the specific questions that you would ask about those property types just to help create clarity both for yourself in terms of what you're looking for and for the client so that you guys are on the same page. And I think it's probably best for us to start with apartments or multifamily buildings just because that's where a lot of opportunities are going to show themselves for, for our residential agents. Yeah. So with the multi, the you know all of them we've talked about, give me a price category. So we're not talking about price now. So all of those, no matter what they're doing, we've already talked about price. And we've already talked about location, like just in general, where they want to be. So with a multi, the thing that I want to make sure if we haven't discussed is what kind of cap rate, what kind of return are they looking for? That's number one. What kind of cap rate or what kind of return? Because that will drive literally what 
opportunities they have because property is listed for sale based on what a cap rate is. Mm -hmm. And we, everybody who's been, been following along with the podcast or has been in the course or in the high risers club, they, they understand what you mean by cap rate. But for someone who just, just joined us, just discovered the podcast, this is the first episode they're listening to. Why don't you just give us a short summary of what the cap rate is, how it's Yeah. Yeah. So the cap rate is just assume there was no financing at all. Just assume there's no financing in the property. Somebody's paying cash and somebody says to you, they want to get a 7% return or they want to get an 8% return. So it literally is the return that's going to come from that property. So if somebody paid a million dollars for a piece of property cash and they said, I want a 7% return then they want to know that their cash flow after their income and expenses have been paid, not mortgages, no mortgage, after the income and expenses have been paid, they want to know that at 7% of a million dollars, they're going to get a $70,000 annual return on the property. So the cap rate is what the return is in year one, based on what the, assuming there's no financing, what it would be if you were paying cash for that property. Great. Okay. So pardon the inter- <laughs> the interruption on, on that, but we were, so let's go back into, into the multifamilies. The first thing you said you're, you're asking them is what kind of return? What kind of return? That's mm-hmm. number one. Okay. Number two, I'm asking them, you know, what size, like, are they looking for? You know, we've talked about price range, but some price ranges will bring six tenants, that price range. Some will bring five, some will bring 10. So I'm asking them, is their amount of units they're comfortable managing? May also ask them, are they going to manage it themselves? Are they going to manage it where they have a professional manager? So I want to just start there because with the multi, once I know location price range, we've gone through the financing, I know they've got the money. I really want to focus on what is that cap rate and what is the size they're looking for. And then dive a little deeper in terms of location. How far are they comfortable driving to be able to have that property? How comfortable from where they live, let's say, are they comfortable driving an hour, two hours, 30 minutes, whatever it might be. So that's for the multi. Okay. Let's go into to retail now. What are some of the specific questions there? I would presume that, again, we're going to ask about cap rate in terms of what type of return they're looking for. but what differences would we see in the questions for someone who's interested in retail? Yeah. So retail, I think, you know, one of our guests, Ray Rizzio talked about that you've got to always know how you get out of a property or if something fails, what is the chance of being able to put a new tenant in that space? So retail a lot of times is driven specifically by a location a demographic location. So some retail wants to be right at a four-way intersection. Some retail wants to have a certain population base. Some retail doesn't want to have a similar property type close by. So in the retail part, I want to just go through what is their checklist of must-haves. Some even retail will say, I've got to be on a certain side of the street for a Starbucks or for Dunkin' Donuts and have to be able to have a drive-through. So I want to understand from them in the retail world what is important to them, what is important to the location, 
what is important in terms of the demographics, and is there anything that we need to know about from a competitor standpoint or anything else they want to share. Okay. And then if we're looking at office, how does that differ from multifamily or retail? Yeah. So the office part is, part of it is going to be, you know, are they an owner user? Do they want to use that office for themselves for part of it? Is it pure investment? Are they looking for, again, a certain amount of tenants? Are they comfortable with more tenants versus less tenants? Is amenities in the building important so that their, their potential tenant will be more attracted to that building based on having a setup for a gym or setup for a cafe or whatever it might be? Is there a certain area with the office that they want to be? Like, do they want to be in a downtown space? Do they want to be in suburbia? Do they, if it's a medical use, I've had doctors come to me and say, we're trying to be in a certain geographic niche that we want to fill. So they're looking in that area. So again, it's just diving deep with them to see what is it in their specific situation that works for them or what do they need to have. Mm -hmm. And the last of the four big categories is industrial. How are we asking those clarifying questions in that category? Yeah, so the industrial, the first thing I always think about when I ask industrial is, is there a location, highway, rail system? Is there some place they need to be close to? That's number one. Number two, I ask them in terms of use, do they need to have docks, loading docks? Do they need to have certain heights of ceilings that are there? Do they need to be able to have available to them in that building itself a certain amount of electric capacity? So it's really depending on their need, but the industrial client is always to me, first and foremost, finding out where do they got to get to? You know, what what does the highways have to be and how are they going to use it? Because depending on how they're going to use it will start to tell me where building heights, loading docks, parking will start to get clarity for me in terms of that industrial use. Mm. Now, there's one unique property type that we haven't discussed, but I'd like to bring it up now, and that's the mixed use property and whether or not so if you have apartments upstairs and retail downstairs or retail downstairs and offices upstairs it's it's mixed use in some way are you really just combining the questions you had from each of the individual property type or is there something specific and unique to those types of properties that you're gonna look to ask yeah so i would say that for the most part, we're combining because I want to understand even why the mixed use works for them. What many people will tell you is that they want to be in a certain area, which typically is busier downtown traffic for the mixed use. So that's where they want to be because they feel like they'll have a greater chance to keep tenancy, both residentially or commercially. So that's the first thing is to understand. Second thing I want to make sure is sometimes these people are doing something as to be partial owner user. So I want to make sure in their commercial use that they're talking about that they can actually, the zoning will allow them to do what they think. Because I've had some people 
go ahead, especially restaurant, little bottegas, stuff that they weren't allowed to do something they wanted to do. So anyway, I really need to understand what their goals are and then from there just dive deeper. But typically I've got to ask both the questions because there are specific things for residential, specific things for the commercial or retail or whatever that they may be trying to accomplish. One of the other questions that comes to mind as part of the conversation you have to have with this this buyer client, all of these property types may need work in them. You know, they may need to be gutted inside and and rebuilt or in a multifamily, the appliances may have to be replaced before you can bring tenants in or whatnot. How does that part of the conversation work? Is that in the, when you're discussing the other financial pieces of it, or is it something different? Can you just give us a glimpse of, of that part of the conversation? Because I think that sometimes people may think that you have as many turnkey properties as you do on the residential side and and a buyer may not be considering that they need to put on top of purchase other work into those buildings. Sure. So in that initial conversation, you know, literally there's a lot of things that I'm going to be talking about. In the initial conversation, I want to understand if, again, we set the premises a new buyer, but in the initial conversation, I want to understand if they have done this before. I want to understand, actually, if they've done it before. I want to understand if they worked with a commercial realtor before or if they've done it on their own. I just want to understand what I'm dealing with. But if they've done this before, I'm asking them to describe what they've purchased, what they have. And then that will lead to many times them saying they bought something and rehabbed it. Or if I know a market area, I'll say, ask a question about where that might be. But ultimately, one of the questions I'm going to ask is, are they comfortable with doing work and putting work in? Because many times somebody will want to do that because they're going to create additional value immediately by improving that property. And with the commercial world, we've talked about that value is based on income and expense. So if they improve that property, and they can get greater income. Well, they are outright improving that value. So it's a conversation we will have very early on as I understand what they're trying to do. And anybody that's is comfortable doing rehabs, I found that, that they bring it up in the conversation early on that they've explained some of the things they've been able to do in the process. Okay. Now there's another part of the, this initial buyer conversation that I want to jump into, but before I do, is there anything else you want to mention in terms of, of this initial conversation where I want to go is about compensation and an agent getting paid. But before we jump into there, is there anything else you'd like to cover that we didn't bring up to this point? Yeah. So a couple things that I would say is that in the course commercial real estate for residential realtors and part of what we go through in the high risers club training on a weekly basis is checklists. You know, we've got to go into a meeting in knowing that we've got to get answers to certain things, but I don't also think we should be robotic about it. So I think that we should go in and we start the conversation. How can we help? 
but then we know that we've got to go and get a lot of things answered to be able to have a full picture of what we're dealing with because there's sometimes we can't help people. You know, there's scenarios that they want. You know, there are people I've run across that did not understand they had a 25% down payment. And that really stopped our conversation very early on. So, so the bottom line is, is that, you know, some of those initial conversations take 15 minutes. Some of them take 35 minutes because we're just trying to go deep to make sure I can ultimately have a chance to deliver what would be a great transaction for them. Mm-hmm. Great. Great. Okay. So as we know in the industry right now, there is lawsuit around NAR and, and commissions and agents being paid. And, and what I'd like to ask is for you to, to take a moment to speak on that take a moment to to talk about how you have a conversation with a buyer because it it certainly is different in in commercial real estate versus residential real estate and and MLS protections and things of that nature and so it's a value to to the audience to just hear both how you have that conversation with the the buyer and and anything else you'd like to add to the the topic yeah. So just because of ongoing sensitivities in terms of what's going on, I think it's probably best that I don't really talk a lot about just the lawsuit and just say right now that, you know, it's not just NAR, that all major brands are part of lawsuits and some have settled and some didn't settle. And this is something that's going to go on and on. What I do want to talk about, though, is what you said, the buyer representation compensation, because in some states in the United States, it's part of what you have to do when you're representing a residential or commercial buyer. You have to have a representation form signed by them. But some states you don't. And a big part of this, all this lawsuit stuff is about representation and compensation and who pays who, et cetera. But for us, forget the lawsuit for right now. If the lawsuit wasn't going on, I'd be saying the exact same thing. And I think it's a really important thing to understand is that I don't think when you're dealing with a commercial client for all the time and effort it takes to to work with them, that you should ever work with someone without having a representation so that you know that you can get paid if you're able to accomplish what's there. If you don't have a representation agreement, it's like the Wild West, and they could be dealing with 10 different people. So I think, and for me, I do an exclusive representation because I don't want to go through the drill and give my valuable time, my valuable expertise without knowing that I've got a commitment back from that. The next part of it is I talk through with them and I talk about compensation. And I tell them that in the commercial world, many times... Many times there is not a property is not on the market. I'm finding that property for them. Or if a property is on the market that a commercial broker is not offering any compensation to the buyer side. So I talk through that and I talk through the things that I'm going to do for them in the process. And I go through this complete checklist of all the things that I'm going to be doing for them and all the things I'm going to do from the time we meet now all the way to the closing table. 
And I tell them there's literally 19, 20, 20, a whole bunch of things that we're going to go through in that process. And so what I tell them, there will be times that there may be compensation being offered. And if the compensation's being offered, depending what the compensation is, that may be adequate. But let's assume it's not, I tell the buyer. And I tell the buyer, and I pick a number, and I pick number X or a number Y. And I say that if I'm able to find this property that fits exactly what you're talking about, or is something that allows you, you decide you want to go forward and purchase the property, and there is no commission being offered, are you comfortable paying me my firm, because the payment really goes to a firm, X amount of percentage. And then I say, and we have that conversation right then and there, because if they said they weren't comfortable, then the only thing you can possibly sell them, sell them or show them is something that does have compensation being offered. Otherwise, you're going to get paid zero. And then I go and say, and if something is being offered through a realtor and happens to be offered at less than that X number, I would be coming to you to say that I'll collect part of it from what they're being offered and ask you to make up the difference. Are you comfortable with that? And we go through. And again, it's all value-driven conversation, all the things that I'm going to do for them. And then I make it very clear. The one thing I want to make sure you're clear about is that in whatever the situation is, before we look at a property, you will know whether you're paying me in full, you're paying me partially, or I'm being paid through something else that's being offered. And I ask them, are they comfortable with that? And does that seem fair to them? Because I want to make sure before I go on this journey to help them, I have a buyer representation agreement signed. Great. Great. Well, I think that covers everything that we wanted to look at in this particular edition of, of Ask Coach Jeff. So thank you for the time. And we'll be back with another episode in a couple of weeks. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Commercial Real Estate for Residential Realtors. As a reminder, please subscribe to this podcast to receive new episodes as soon as they are released. For more information on me, my team, and my educational programs, visit my website at www.coachjeffwright.com. Thank you for listening, and here's to your success.